0: Well, good morning, Bel Air. As we do on these first Sundays of the month, this is Families in Worship, and we've got an opportunity to invite the children, if they would like to, all the way up through, I believe, is it eighth grade? Fourth grade? Up through fourth grade, we've got children's programming for you right now. We've got a group of leaders in the back. They're waving their hand. I see Jake Deon Oh, How fun. Jake, I want to go with you. Yeah. Well, you're going to have a lot of fun out there. We're going to have a lot of fun in here, but if you up through fourth grade would like to go for some phenomenal children's programming right now as we do every week, great opportunity. All right. Now, you hear me often say that we join churches around the city, around the nation, and around the globe lifting up the name of Jesus. We need to look beyond this church. We need to look beyond our spheres that we typically run in. And I'm honored that we get to hear from a fellow co-laborer in Christ, a brother in Christ, originally from Ghana, spent the last 15 years serving in Kenya. Number of things I want to share with you briefly before he comes up. Uh, Not only has he received his Master's of Divinity, but his PhD from Fuller Seminary. He was a professor at the International Leadership University in Africa. He became its president, overseeing campuses in a number of African nations, including Burundi, and Ghana, and Zimbabwe, and um, the DRC, and Kenya, and is also on the board of Scholar Leaders International, through which our partnership with the Congo, many of you know that we've got partnerships in almost every continent around the world, I'll speak to that towards the end of the service, but our partnership in the Congo was forged, was helped introduced through this man who we're about to hear from. I'm so excited that I'm here. Some pastors uh, will bring a guest preacher, and they will head for the hills and vacation. I'm going to sit in the front row, and I'm taking notes because he's got a word for me. He's got a word for us. For those joining online, let's give a warm welcome to Dr. Emmanuel Bellen as he comes on up. Brother, let me pray for you and for us as we dive into God's word. God, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this man who a week ago today was preaching in his home church in Kenya. I pray that we would have open ears, open hearts, open minds to God, what you would have to speak to us through him. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray and we say together, amen. Amen. Again, let's give one more warm welcome to Dr. Emmanuel Bellin.
1: It's a pleasure to be here with you and to be able to share God's word with you. And I'd like to thank Pastor Sam for the opportunity uh, to be able to, to do so. Um, I shared earlier that my first contact with Bel-Air was 2004 when I was invited to speak. I was a student at Fuller then, and invited to speak at the Open World. And, um, and then following that, I had the opportunity to be part of the foundry for some time, spoke um, Gave a series of uh, teachings at the Foundry uh, a couple of times. Uh, and so it's a great joy to be here. I have so many friends uh, here in Bella and this church. And what a lovely uh, church, what a lovely congregation. It's a great pleasure to, to meet each and every one of you and to be able to reflect on um, God's word together. The title for our morning's reflection is drawn from the mission of the Lord, and that is follow Jesus every day and everywhere with everyone so that every person in every neighborhood, in every city will be, will be revived and renewed by Christ. So I decided to just trim it down a little bit because it's such a huge mission. <laughs> I was telling Pastor Tom, you know, this is, this is a God-sized mission. It's the kind of mission that, you know, it will take a lifetime to actually fulfill. And you may may continue on to heaven, and others will come and work on it. And next generation, and the next generation, and the next generation. What a mission. Following Jesus Christ every day and everywhere with everyone. What a mission. And so I want to trim it down, talk about just following Jesus Christ in, in changing times following Jesus Christ in changing times. We live in a, in, a, in a time of change. We live in a time when everything that we see, everything we hear, everything we touch, uh, is not the same after the next 10, 15, or 20 minutes. Everything around us is changing. You know, you buy a new phone, and before you figure out how to use the phone, <laughs> A new phone is being brought to the market, and then you drop that one, and you go to that one, and you try to figure out how to use that one, and all the apps, and what you could do, and before you finish, another phone is up. So much change in and around us, but there's one thing that stands the same, and that is following Jesus. The principles undergirding following Jesus never change. They have been the same. 2,000 years and still counting, they have not changed. And therefore, following Jesus is a worthwhile mission to pursue because it's something that God himself has put together for us. And this morning, I would like us to reflect from the Gospel of Luke chapter 9. If you have your Bible, you can turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 9, and then we will reflect and glean principles about some of the things that we need to do in our efforts and in our endeavor to follow Jesus. Luke chapter nine and from verse 18 to 26. I'm reading from the NIV, verse 18. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowds say I am? So, Luke is giving us a peep into Jesus' prayer life. Verse 19. They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. Verse 21. Jesus has come back to life. Verse 20. But what about you, he asks. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, God's Messiah. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. And he said, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. This is Jesus' ultimate call. Verse 23, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, And daily follow me. These are requirements of discipleship. Verse 24, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the angels. This is the word of the Lord. Following Jesus. From this passage, we can glean some very important principles that we can apply to our lives. The first part, after Jesus have, you know, sent the disciples out two by two to preach and they have come back with an incredible message about healings and, you know, casting out demons, he retreated to Bethsaida, and there the crowd followed him. And at Bethsaida, you know, they preached to them, and the crowd were so many that he had to, later on, had to feed them. And you know the story about blessing, you know, the food and feeding the 5,000, as Luke recalls it in chapter 9. But following the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus was told in this particular passage that he was praying in private, and the disciples were with him. I don't know how you can pray in private with other people with you. (laughs) So that seems like, it looks like a different kind of prayer. He probably may be meditating or praying alone in his mind or in his heart because the disciples were with him, or perhaps praying together with his disciples. But the scripture tells us Jesus was praying in private. And the disciples were with him. And we will pick up this theme shortly as as we proceed. And then, after he's done so, he asked them, Who do you think that I am? And then they said, You are one of the prophets. And then Peter said, You are God's Messiah. You are the one sent to bring deliverance and salvation to the people of Israel. And Jesus cautioned them, Do not tell anyone. The Son of Man must suffer many things, and then he will eventually die. And Jesus was basically telling them why he has come. His main calling, his main purpose, is to be able to suffer many things and die. And then after he said so, he challenged them. And he said, whoever wants to be my disciple must do three things. First, they must deny themselves. Secondly, they must take up their cross. And thirdly, follow him. Follow him. Deny yourself take up your cross and follow me. And then he gave the rationale for doing this. And the rationale was that whosoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. And that is why you need to deny yourself, take up your cross and and follow me. You see, in this world when everything is changing, when things around us cannot hold still, when before we finish one thing, another begins, when we are constantly running, there's got to be something that we can hold on. There's got to be something that we can connect with that is steadfast, something that is sure, something that doesn't change, something that doesn't move. And that thing is our relationship and work with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so if we are to follow Jesus every day, everywhere, with everyone, I suggest three important things that we would need to consider from this passage. The first one is following Jesus every day, everywhere, with everyone, will require an appreciation of our call, our appreciation of our call. Secondly, if we are to follow Jesus in that way, we need to have a dynamic prayer life, a dynamic prayer life. And then thirdly, if we are to follow Jesus every day, everywhere, with everyone, we need to take a bold step of faith a bold step of faith and so the first one an appreciation of our call you see the lord calls each and every one of us unto himself so that he can do with us what he desires to do with us he can accomplish through our lives his plans and purposes for us there is a general call and the general call is for all us to love god There's a general call for us to love our neighbors as ourselves. There's a call for us to love our enemies. There's a call for us to be good stewards of God's creation. There's a general call for us to be disciples and to disciple the nations and to teach them all that he has taught us. But there is a particular call for each and every one of us within this general call. There is a call upon our lives that is very different from everyone else here in this room. And so through that particular call, God is able to fulfill that general call that he has given to all and sundry. And so this morning, the challenge is, what is the particular call that God has laid upon my heart? Because if I'm to appreciate that, if I'm to live by that, If my life is supposed to be ordered and guided and directed by that, then I must know what that particular call is. I must know how that call is connected to the bigger call to disciple the nations. I must be able to understand it. I must be able to live it out. I must be able to fulfill that call. You see, God has a purpose for our lives. And throughout the scripture, we see how he calls men and women unto himself. He called the 12 to come and follow him, but the 12 were not to do the same thing. They had different gifts. They have different talents. They have different abilities. Matthew's talent was different from Peter's. Peter's talent was different from, uh, from James. James's talent was different. And among the 12, they all had different calling, but they have been called into one general call, and Jesus was teaching and guiding and directing each and every one of them. You see, in Jeremiah 1.5, we were told that the word of the Lord came to me, came to Jeremiah saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And so before Jeremiah even could become an adult to understand what it means to follow God, God knew him and God had a call on his life. God has a call on your life. And whether you like it or not, God loves you. (laughs) He desires the best for you. He wants to do something in and through your life. He wants to accomplish an incredible thing through your life. But that thing will happen through the calling that he has placed upon your life. You see there are so many believers who do not know this particular call upon their lives. They don't know what it is that God has called them to do. And those who know, very few of them, actually step into their calling and live out their calling the way God has intended it to be. You see, men and women who know their calling and who are living their calling are people who are inspired. When you hang around them, you can feel the vibe. When you talk to them, you can see their lives are are, are full of joy and excitement. There's something special about them. They have a great sense of motivation. You don't have to You don't have to psych them up for them to do what they have been called to do. They flow in it effortlessly. They connect with God. They allow God to work in their lives. They do amazing things because God's hand is upon them and they are doing what they've been called to do. They have a sense of direction. They are single-minded. They have a sense of purpose to their lives. There is a purpose for every life represented here today. There's a purpose for your life and there's a purpose for my life. There's a reason why we are alive today. You see, we weren't just born to, to walk on this planet, you know, get a good education, get a good job, and good salary, buy a couple of houses, buy some few cars, have a nice, wonderful retirement plan, chill out and die. <laughs> that is not why we were called. That is not why we are here. We are here for something more than that. If we're just here to make it and to have all these things around us and and to have a comfort and then die, then we are the most miserable people on earth. But there's something more for us than that. God has a purpose for our lives. He has something that he wants us to achieve. He has something that he wants us to do. He has something that only we can do it. You see... On this planet Earth, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. There is nobody like you on planet Earth. In fact, nobody has come exactly like you. And nobody will come exactly like you. You are special. And there is something that God wants you to do. There's a contribution that God wants you to bring into this world, into this church, into this community, into his planet. And only you can make that contribution. So that if you fail to make that contribution, we all lose. So you can imagine, I fail to meet my calling and walk in my calling. You fail to walk in your calling. And we all fail to walk in your calling. What a world would it be? But God has laid a special calling upon our life. A particular calling upon our life. And there's a contribution, however small, however big. It doesn't matter that you alone can make. In his book, The Call us guineas said and I quote everything we are everything we do and everything we have is invested with a special devotion dynamism and direction lived out as a response to the creator's summons and service and of quote. there's a con- special contribution invested in you to make that only you make. You see, the saddest thing that can happen to a man or a woman is to be born and to walk on this earth and to die and not know the reason why you came in the very first place. That's the saddest thing that can happen, is to do so many things, many good things, is to help, is to to be in church, is to participate in ministry, is to connect, is to do amazing things, except what you were meant to do. That's the saddest thing that can happen. That's the saddest thing. But God wants us to know what it is that he has called us to do. He wants us to step into that. And he wants to work in and through our lives to accomplish that. Tagore Robin Dinareth said these words, and I quote, I have spent my days stringing and unstringing my instrument while the song I came to sing remains unsung. Your life is meant to make a certain contribution, to sing, and to contribute. And and we cannot go about stringing and unstringing our instrument while the song we came to sing remains unsung. You see, believers who deny themselves are believers who appreciate their call. Believers who appreciate their call are believers who know their call. Believers who are connected to our call know that it is within their call that they have peace, that they have joy, that they have fulfillment. Nothing else will satisfy. It is only when we settle into our calling that we experience true satisfaction and fulfillment. God has created us and our gifts and talents for a place of his calling. And we will only be ourselves when we are fully there. We will only be ourselves when we flow in it, when we step into it. We don't need to act, we don't need to be like somebody else and we will not care what people say or do or, or, you know, have to think about. When we step into our calling, we're living in our call, criticisms and all kinds of complaints and whinings do not impact us because we flow in that calling. We can wake up and we don't have to think, we don't have to strive and struggle to do it. because God has wired us right when we were, you know, clothed in our mother's womb to actually do that. And so we flow in it and we are able to have peace in it and we see results in it. But when we are not in our place of our calling, we fight hard, we struggle hard, we push hard, we run into other people, we step on toes, we are kicked here and there, all manner of things happen when we are out of our calling. But when we step into our calling, Yes, there'll be challenges and difficulties, but it just flows out of our heart and we do it with joy and excitement, not known. You see, knowing our calling is important because it tells us how to invest our lives. Believers must appreciate our call because we must know that our lives is an investment that God has given us and that we don't have forever to live. The brevity of life It's it's something that is connected to our core. And if we know that, then we can invest our lives in things that matter. Jesus said, he who seeks to save his life will lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake will find it, will find it. Life is short. We don't have forever to live. What we have now, we must invest. We have to give it a go. Give it our best shot because the Savior, our Lord and Master, He's looking out for return on investments. He's looking out for something out of what he has planted in us. He's looking out for benefits. And you remember that parable when the gentleman who received one talent went and hid the talent. The master said, if you knew that I gather where I have not scattered and I harvest where I have not sown, why didn't you give this Thing to the bank, to the money keepers, so that when I come back, I will have some interest on my resources. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, it said, Therefore, we should redeem the time because the days are evil. And if we know our calling, the challenge today for you and I is to redeem the time. And today, as the Lord, please open my eyes to see open my ears to hear from you. I want to know what it is that you have called me to be and to do. I want to know what it is that you purpose for me to do. I know I'm not an accident. I know you have something special for me. I know you have something unique for my life. And I want to know it. I want to live it. I want to experience it. I want to have the full joy that is created and linked to that in my life. Secondly, following Jesus requires that we embrace a dynamic prayer life. You see, prayer is not an event. Prayer is not something that happens when we meet and and somebody comes to front and lead, and that is good. But prayer is a lifestyle. It's a communion with your Father, communion with God, talking to God every now and then, sharing your hearts, sharing your pain, sharing your frustrations, sharing your joys, sharing your successes and failures with God talking to him, and hearing him talk to you. That is prayer. It is not something that just happens on a particular day or a particular time. It is the vital breath of a believer. In fact, a man and a woman that God uses is a man of prayer and of the word. Men who embrace the word, men who embrace prayer and sit at the feet of their master. It's a lifestyle. And we need to walk in this if we are to experience the power of God in our lives. Isaiah recognized the importance of prayer. And in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 40, verse 29 to 31, he said, He gives power to the weak, and those who have no strength, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Those who wait on the Lord. And so if we wait on the Lord in prayer, if we sit at his feet, if we say, Lord, we have come just as we are. You know, he's not waiting for us to clean out our lives before we can pray. No, that's not what he's asking us to do. He's not waiting for us to fix our problems before we can pray. No, he said, just come just as you are and call upon me. And I will hear and I will do great and mighty things in your life. That is prayer. You see, prayer changes things, people have said, and they have bumper stickers all over the place, and that's true. But more importantly, prayer changes me. Prayer brings me to his knee, to my knees. Prayer humbles me. Prayer keeps me broken and down to his feet so that he can do. What he has desired to do in my life. You see, it is not a means for me to advance my will. It is not, prayer is not a means for me to accomplish my will. Prayer is an opportunity to open myself and say, Lord, work through my life. Spend me. I like that song. Spend me the way you want to spend me. You know, break the limits in my life, remove the boundaries. Set my life on fire. Do something great and amazing in my life. And prayer just brings us to the point where God is able to accomplish his plans and purposes in our lives. For a prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. And we cannot achieve anything great for the kingdom of God without prayer. We just have to look at Jesus Christ and his life and how he spent time in the presence of God. How he sought the Father. Early in the morning he wakes up and he would seek the Father. And so before day breaks, he's figured out what it is that God wants him to do. And that is what he wants us to be, men and women who have a dynamic prayer life. We are connected to him in our prayers. You see, fulfilling our calling and following Jesus is not going to come through our efforts, through our strategies, through our plans. It's not going to come, neither going to come through our ingenuity or intellectual prowess. It's not going to come through strategies. It's not going to come through all kinds of scenarios that we'll build here and there. It's not going to come through all the stuff that we've, the toys that we have guarded and the things that we've surrounded ourselves with. It's going to come through humility and connection with God through prayer. Certainly, nobody can appreciate and fulfill your calling without prayer. Prayer is the vital breath of a believer. It's a believer. Brokenness before God. If we can follow Jesus Christ on our knees in prayer, then we can follow him in the marketplace. If we can follow Jesus on our knees in prayer, then we can follow him in our families. If we can follow Jesus on our knees in prayer, we can follow him in our communities. If we can follow Jesus on our knees in prayer, we we can follow him in our neighborhood. And who knows? we may even be able to follow him in this country. If we can go on our knees and follow Jesus on our knees in prayer, who knows what God could accomplish in and through our lives. C.H. Spurgeon said these words, The more familiar you are with the court of heaven, the better shall you discharge your heavenly trust Among all the formative influences which go to make up a man honored by God, I know none more mighty than his own familiarity with the mercy seat. All our libraries and studies are mere emptiness compared with our closets. We grow, we wax mighty, we prevail in private prayer. End of quote. You see, without prayer, we can do nothing. Because that's where our strength and effort comes from. All this morning, how I pray that the Lord will stir our hearts and give us a desire of prayer that will seek Him every moment and every time of our lives. That we will have no difficulty going to His presence and say, Lord, I've come just as I am. I've come with my fealty, my fraities, my my difficulties, my failures, and all. But I've come to speak to you because you are my Father, and I know you listen to my prayers. Thirdly, following Jesus every day, everywhere, with everyone, requires a bold step of faith. You see, you can know your calling. You can pray all you want. But if you don't take action, nothing happens. People who leave out their calling step out and they leave out their calling. They must take some risks. They must move from their comfort zones. They must connect with people they do not connect with. They don't want to connect with. Or they must go to places that are strange to them. Places that they don't want to be or go. And things that they don't want to do. They must step out in faith. Nobody has done something great for God sitting in his comfort zone. God will always push you out. He will always move you he will always tear you up he will always put you in something that will stretch you but something that you enjoy because he loves us so much step of faith a step of faith so after you have prayed you need to move that is the point of action we can we cannot be bogged down by the necessities of life we cannot be bogged down by the curse of our lives there are so many of them, and they will never end. You cannot say, oh, you know what, I'm just going to fix this problem, and I will go serve God. You will never fix those problems. You can say, oh, I'm just going to take care of this uh, business, take care of the investment, then I'll go you know, get involved and, and leave my calling. There's never a time like that. you got to do it now. you got to do it today. you got to step out today. you got to engage today. Because there's never going to be a convenient time. There's nothing like that. It's an illusion. It doesn't exist. You got to step out where you are now, following Jesus every day, everywhere. There's never a better time to do it. It is today. And we have to step out and do it. I cannot finish without talking about Peter. Peter, you know, we all talk about Peter being, you know, we have all kinds of names for Peter but Peter is an amazing guy and here is Peter in the boat with the other disciples and Jesus appeared on the lake and they saw Jesus walking standing on the water and Peter told Jesus Jesus if it is you ask me to come to you and Jesus said Peter come without thinking Peter stepped out of the boat and he started walking on water he started walking on water then it struck him is that peter walking on water <laughs> this cannot be then he started sinking cried out to god lord save me and the lord held his hand and got him out we can talk about all the doubts of peter we can talk about everything that peter didn't do right But among all the men I have read about in the scriptures, there is none who has walked on water apart from Jesus. If you don't talk about Peter, there's no one else apart from Peter and Jesus. I don't know anyone else who walked on water. But Peter did so because he was willing to step out of the boat. Like John Otberg had written in his book, if you want to walk on water, you need to step out of the boat. If we want to see grace, we want to see amazing things happen, we want to see people's lives change, we want to see people's lives transform, communities transform, cities transform, and we want to see people, groups come to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we got to step out of the boat. we got to take a step of faith. It is a step of faith. And so it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be your normal decision. It's going to be an extraordinary decision but if you have kept the dynamic prayer life he makes it easier for you to make that decision he makes it easier for you to take that step of faith to start doing things you've never done before to step into your calling to leave out your calling and to be the man and the woman that he has created you to be to accomplish that purpose for which he called you to fulfill your destiny so that when all is said and done Like Apostle Paul, you can say, I have fought the good fight, I have kept the faith, I have run the race, now lay down for me the crown of glory which my heavenly Father has prepared for me, and not only for me, but for all those who love his appearing. May the Lord encourage us today, if we do not know what our particular calling is, to give ourselves no rest at his feet until he reveals to our hearts and minds what it is that he allowed us to come to this planet to do. May the Lord fill our spirit, our souls, with the power of prayer through his Holy Spirit. May he stir us to be able to seek him and to wait on his presence. May he give us the word with all to take the steps of faith that he intends us to make so that we can follow him Jesus Christ, every day, everywhere, with everyone, shall we pray? Gracious Father, we come to you this morning, this afternoon, and we want to commit our lives into your hands. We know that you have a plan for us. We know that you have a special purpose for our lives. And we know that we cannot do it by ourselves. And today we submit to you, and we ask that you make our calling sure. You will establish us. You open our eyes to see that which you have called us, the gifts, the abilities, and the incredible treasures that you have endowed us with. Open our eyes to see how you want us to use these to the expansion and growth of your kingdom. We pray that, Lord, you will drop your spirit of prayer, the passion for prayer, to daily seek you and to connect with you and to draw strength with you. Oh, how we pray that from today we will begin to take bold steps of faith that will honor you and that will help us fulfill our calling in you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love for us. For in your holy name we pray. Amen.